0: Yo, what is good everybody? Hello, packaging people. You are amazing and you help change the world. This is another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. We've got another world changer on. His name is Joe Cali. You're gonna hear all about Joe. He works in the paper industry. It is a crazy, crazy industry right now. So make sure that you tune in. I am your host, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok. At packaging pastor, you can also find me in real life where I am the senior vice president of sales at Myers printing and packaging. We at Myers have a commitment to collaboration, innovation, creative problem solving, and exceptional design. We want to help bring your brand to life. If it's labels, if it's folding cartons, if it's retail displays, we got you. You can find us at Myers.com, M-E-Y-E-R-S.com, or you know what? Just hit me up on LinkedIn. You can uh, you can find me. You can just send me an email, adam.peak at Myers.com, and we will uh, come and help you out, right? We'll come and chat. So uh, Joe Callie is my guest. Joe is the global business development and sales at Oval Price and Pierce International. He is in Connecticut. You will hear it in his accent. There are. Oh, I learned this. There are over thirteen thousand different types of papers. Who knew? Well, now you will. Once you listen to this interview here with Joe Cali, you're going to enjoy it. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to this episode here of the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm excited to welcome Joe Cali. Uh, Joe, as you will be able to gather when he starts talking, is not from Texas. Uh, Joe has a uh, uh, has an extensive background in the uh, pulp and paper industry. We're going to get into just all sorts of different topics around that. It's a, it's a, I think it's a very pressing and hot button topic to say the least. Uh, Joe is the global business development is in global business development and sales at Oval Price and Pierce. So Joe, thanks my man for coming on the People Packaging Podcast. I appreciate you
1: coming. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. Sweet.
0: Uh, So, I have a ton of questions, but if you're, if for those of you who can't watch this episode, um, and if it's on video or not, I don't really know. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. But uh, Joe is sitting in an office that appears to be uh, one of a college professor. (laughs) So, you have an extensive array of books behind you are is are they all your books, or is this just like a is that a fake backdrop?
1: <clears throat> no, this is this is in my home. Um, when the home was being built, the builder said, Nobody really uses the living room. Everybody lives in the family room. So I'm thinking maybe a library. And I really feel at some point my wife put him up to that. But uh, my father, who's a fairly crafty guy, built the bookshelves behind us. And uh, I populated them over the years. I am in the paper business. I do believe that we comprehend better when we read physical books and, and magazines and such. And so I collect. Okay. And
0: do you, do you collect them and read them?
1: I do. I've read everything in this room.
0: Oh man that's awesome so yeah. what so there's got to be we are kindred spirits in that i have I have quite a book collection unfortunately, when we moved to Utah for some reason, we just haven't found the right space to put them all up yeah so moving from Colorado to Utah with a whole bunch of books is maybe not the maybe not the easiest thing to do, but we made it happen what what's sort of the 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 general uh I don't want to say array, but kind of the mix of books that you have on your shelf.
1: Well, I, I I like a lot of history, so a lot of them are are actual nonfiction history books. They're a little boring, but they but I kind of I kind of dig that stuff. And then there's a lot of other uh predominantly i like satire and i like humor i like i like guys who can really craft a a a a funny story and paint an interesting picture and so it's pretty diverse i mean there's a lot of classical stuff in there i've been reading you know i kind of went on the great adventure of the 10 years of the greatest books ever written kind of thing so read a lot of classics and um you know very interesting and certainly good for your mind Um, but uh i still like to laugh more than anything else so no doubt i go there when i can
0: got it yeah there's the you know you've probably heard the saying that readers are leaders or leaders are readers or something like that. they both rhyme so right. do you have you found like i i read a lot so i love reading at least a book a month uh sometimes i can get two in yeah. uh have you found reading as a as kind of a practice in your life has has really helped you in your in your business career
1: yeah, it, it undoubtedly does. I mean, whether it's osmosis, I mean, I think, I think it's made me an incredibly better writer and a better speaker. Um, it's given me a greater command of the language. And certainly as a guy who spent over 33 years in sales, um, it, it kind of helps you in, in, in hone your skill set to a degree. So I would say, yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, and again, you do gain some pick, you pick up some knowledge and, you know, I do have a head of useless information. If I had faster hands, I'd go on jeopardy, but uh I I play it from the couch.
0: Got it, got it, yeah. Uh, Well, that's great. So you mentioned you've got 33 years in sales and has that all been essentially in like the paper industry?
1: Yeah, through a a comedy of errors straight out of university, in between university and law school, I needed to take some time off because I couldn't live like a student any longer. And unfortunately for the law school part of it, I fell into the paper thing. And um, it turned out to be a really interesting place to be in New York City in the late 80s uh, because it was a print Mecca of the country. Uh, downtown New York had a, a robust print community, and there was a tremendous amount of business to be had. So, you know, I became a, a, within a year of training became a, a street walking paper sales guy, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Very interesting. That's awesome.
0: And you just never left.
1: I never left. Um, and I, you know, of all the people that I came into the business with, I'm one of the last guys standing. A lot of a lot of it is there hasn't been a tremendous investment in younger people on this side of the business. And the other side of it is it's just I, a lot of people have have flown the coop uh, as things have consolidated and gotten significantly more difficult. I mean, in the current environment today, I'm the most popular and most unhappy and most unliked person in the business because everybody's looking for you for supply and you can only say no. So it's a very frustrating environment. For somebody like me who spends all of my time trying to get people who erstwhile say no to things uh, to say yes, I am now the guy saying no. And it's an unfortunate happenstance of, of flipping the script as it were.
0: Right, right and and that has never to to my knowledge is this a is this the only time that you've really ever felt that the that that switch has been flipped where you're chasing after people who are always saying no and now you can kind of sit there and be like uh yeah we're not we can't help you out we can't help you out
1: It, it it's this is the one this is the the only the first and only one that's been wholesale in terms of across every grade structure of paper i mean we sell there's probably 13,000 different types and grades of paper that we can sell into the markets, um, and this is the first time in my career that almost everything is is tight and on either a very strict allocation, which you either have or you don't have, uh, or you just can't get. Uh, so there have been periodic shortages over the, over all those years, but it's usually tries to it usually is centralized or very localized in a specific grade. This is the first time that I've seen it really across everything. And with that comes incredible amounts of price increases. I mean, we spend a lot of time just fielding every every missive from our supply chain is either a price increase due to raw material costs, or which is really the bane of our existence now is logistics, which is really compounding everything that we do, because even when things become available, Uh, they may not be affordable based on how far we have to truck them or ship them. So it becomes very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You said, uh, I just want to make sure I got this right, 13,000 different paper substrates,
1: yeah, it's 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 a very diverse business. I mean, obviously, we we you know we we take it for granted in a lot of ways because we're surrounded by it, right? You know, so the the obvious choices are you know periodicals, newspapers, magazines, the mail, you know, things like that, books, of course, but there 's This paper goes into so many other products that we don 't really consider and you know and there are and paper is the base stock for a lot of things that don 't look like paper you know there 's a lot of things that that are that paper's involved in and pulp itself also is very versatile where you know if you 're eating supplemental vitamins, part of that constituent component is paper pulp if you didn 't know that so it 's very diverse and so the, you know and, and again there used to be even more than that when there were a lot more. Of the varietals of very different colors and different textures that, that were uh, available in paper. And that that part of the business has shrunk very sp- dramatically to the point where there's a handful of players. Most of them are custom. Most of them you have to really kind con- of, and you pay for it, but it used to be readily available and very robust business in terms of the depth and breadth. It's kind of consolidated into a, a more narrow palette, as it were, but it's still very, very diverse.
0: Got it. Got it. So then with, with this, obviously you've got a, 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 a long history in the, in the industry, uh, actually, let me go to this question and then I'll, I'll kind of pivot onto that one. as you look back over your 33 years in sales, what few things stick out that have changed the most and what are some things that you say? Yeah, that's still, that's, that was true 33 years ago and it's true today
1: the most glaring changes are as i kind of mentioned is the consolidation the the you know when i came into the business my my little company represented about 125 us domestic paper manufacturing mills uh all different all different ownership and different locations and what have you and down to like 5 um that would be one thing and the other thing was really the cultural side of the business it was Kind of like being in the magazine, in the newspaper business back in the day. It was a drinking man's business. Things were built around lunches and cocktail hours and things like that. That's when you really kind of made your bones, met your customers, did your business. So that has kind of gone the way of the dinosaur as well. So those are two real glaring changes that have happened in the industry in in, in my period of time.
0: Yeah. Have you seen then as the the second part has shifted with with the change in how? Not just not just a I would say a positive focus on we'll call it, uh, you know, some some level of efficiency of selling where you and I can have a call over teams. Now, I, I I don't have to pack up my bags, fly to Connecticut, set something up, take everything out, record something on like a hard uh, on a, a thumb drive, fly back to Utah. You know, we can just do it. Right. It's going to take us 30 minutes. Uh, So have you found that that, I think, even coupled with what I'll call an appropriate focus on younger generation, kind of the Gen Z millennial generation is huge right now. It's it's a very diverse generation. There's a different way of going about it. How have you adjusted as being one of the few people who have gone through those 33 years and you're still here, right? You're on a podcast talking about Um... packaging.
1: I'm still here. Uh, extraordinary observation, actually, and a really good point to make. Um, while we have this great technology, and I thank God for it, and we should all thank God for it, because in the era of COVID, if you consider that if COVID happened 30 years ago, a lot of us be out of business mm-hmm. because there's just no way to manage the business. So while it serves a purpose, I'd still rather be sitting next to you. I'd still yeah. rather be able to take you out to lunch. I'd still rather – because – It's as good as this can be uh, as a medium, and it certainly does cut down on cost, expense and time. There's no question about that. It's still a people business. You still, you know, that has changed a lot as well. For me, it's still a people business to a lot of folk that don't know what yesteryear looked like. It's just business. So it has changed to a degree in that respect. Personally, I like the old way better, but that's just me. You make a very good point about Gen X, Gen Z and 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 the new the new up and comings, um, obviously this media is the media they know. It's the media they grew up with. It's how they navigate. And uh, from what I can see, you know, in the era of LinkedIn, it's also where they source. So it's very very important to have a presence in social media. Whereas. You know, this is an industry that's, you know, we used to be one notch above etching on wax tablets by way of technology. uh, We've really had to kind of jump to my lament in all of this is it is hard to. Gain access to people if they don't want to be accessed back in the day, a buyer was a professional who fielded every call, took every meeting, whether he was going to buy from you or not. His job, and he perceived his job, uh, was by making sure that he vetted out every possible opportunity. Today, and in recent years, there's been a tremendous amount of hiding behind voicemail, email, and the impersonality of this medium that precludes your ability to be as efficient or effective as you want. Back in the day, you just showed up. You know, A buyer would see you. You, know, you, didn't, you went in without an appointment. You could do that. Today, you can't do anything. So there have been dramatic changes. I think there's been pluses and minuses to the business. But, you know, like anything else, you got to pivot. You have to evolve. If you're not evolving, you're dying. So, you know, as much as this was a very old school kind of business, it has come a long way in a short time. Um, It used to move in geologic time. Now it moves at light speed. So it's it's it has it has made its pivot as well. So it's very interesting question and a good observation.
0: Yeah, no, appreciate that. So. uh, When. When you start talking to you, you'd mentioned that there is a a lack of uh, younger people entering into into the the world of paper uh, and 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 I certainly have seen that. It's part of the reason that the podcast exists. It's part of the reason why I'm on TikTok and I'm on LinkedIn. Is not I I don't actually spend a ton of time on those consuming content, uh, but but I do want to elevate and illuminate the industry that we're in so that people can see that it is a great industry to be in. It's not not every job has to be some like fancy fintech or SaaS job, right? Right, Selling, selling paper, selling packaging, selling bottles and glass and all this stuff is a really dynamic. You just mentioned 13,000 different paper substrates. Mm. That's a dynamic industry. And that's just the paper. That's not even talking about all the different ways that you can print on it, fold it, glue it, uh, die cut it, send it away to places, printing QR codes, putting NFC tags. Is, there's so many possibilities. So uh, if if you were talking to a younger person looking to get into the industry, so it's it's Joe from when you got into it back, you know, back before you started, I guess I could do the mm-hmm. math here. I don't know what would that be. 22, 80 to 81. No, eighty eighty one. 81. No, that's all no, right. 91. I, I came into,
1: I came into the 91. business in, in, in 89,
0: 89. Okay. So 89. Yeah. Gosh, my math, my math skills are struggling right that's now. That's okay. Mine apologies, <laughs> apologies to my mother. Sorry, Lydia. <laughs> I failed you. My mom was an educator, so uh, so you you kind of go back to eighty nine, but you pull that forward to twenty twenty two. What advice yeah. would you have for younger people who want to maybe get into paper sales?
1: Well, I have three kids in their twenties, and none of them are in paper, um, and so that's that's that should tell you something. <clears throat> and like I said. The investment in the youth is is not on my side of the business. It's not on the distrib- on the distribution sales side. Mills still actively go on college campuses and recruit. Sure. It's a, it's a different kind of game. You know, it's, it's hard to, to, you know, in, in this side of the business, you wake up unemployed every day and you got to hit a number. And that's what sales is for everybody, right? Yep. So it's, 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 it's far more competitive. It's, it's difficult. And one of the things that was very attractive to me in 89 that's a little bit more limited today was there was an unlimited earnings potential. You could rock. If you went out and kicked it, you could make, you could make really good money. It was, it was and it, it is to a degree, a very lucrative business. But it, 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 it has become limited in that scope. And in that particular arena, so it's not where, where I looked at it and said, "Wow, you know you, you can really you can really do well here." I don't know if I could if I would advise a young person who's looking to really you know rock and make make, make their bones and make big money uh, it, it, It's a lot more difficult. There's a lot more impediments in front of them than there was when I came into this business. So you're talking I,
0: about in, in paper distribution specifically.
1: Yeah specifically because like as we mutually agree the industry is dynamic it is exciting there are pockets and and, and associated industries that are Fantastic to be in, you know. Packaging certainly, you know. Design. I mean, all the things that we you were enumerating that you can do with this substrate. Um, it, it it those things are really exciting. I mean, even putting ink on paper. I mean, there you know, there's magic that happens in a print shop. You know, and and it's and it's something that you you know, you have to have a passion for. It's like anything else that you do because especially when you're out in front of it, if it shows. So if you're not passionate about it, it shows. And so why are you gonna? How, how, why is anybody else gonna be passionate? about it if you're not you know it's your gig right so right so for the youth you know it may come around again i'm sorry it it may come around again in a different permutation but right now it's kind of it's kind of strange you know
0: yeah yeah no doubt and i i see that for sure it's uh there's there's definitely a different dynamic so let's kind of let's let's then fast forward here to the present time really and say we're looking at this weird vortex of time where demand for paper-based, especially on my side, demand for paper-based packaging is at an all-time high. I mean, everybody that I talk to is, because I work for a paper, uh, I work for Myers, right? We print folding cartons, we print corrugated POP displays, we print labels, paper and film. But so so, uh, there's this high demand for it. And the supply like you were alluding to is like, you just, you, you're just making calls to people. It's like, I can't even give you a quote on whatever 18 point CCNB or something like Doesn't that. Right. Matter, right? I, I can't, I can't, it's new business. I can't quote you on it, which then has a trickle effect down to brands and, and all these, if if you're trying to create new stuff that becomes really difficult. So how are you on your end as a paper distributor navigating that besides just sitting back in your office, reading a book, just taking phone calls and saying like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
1: Right. Uh, and, and, and again, fantastic observation and a really good point. And, and to that end, you have to pivot and therefore having some knowledge, diverse knowledge of what's available. You have to sell what's available. You know, you make a very good point. It's very hard. You can't go out and prospect new business because you don't have allocation, right? So right. you can't sell it. To your point, what I've done with my salespeople, because I also do a lot of support. I do sourcing for, you know, we're an international company. We sell all over the world. And I do have other other salespeople with whom I interact with. I do team sales as well. But I also do some sales support where I source. And what I've done in some of these other markets where you just can't even get arrested with, with the with the standard fare of paper is 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 try to get the the mindset of the sales force into selling what is available and what is available are the very expensive grades of paper because they're always going to be available. Mills will always pivot and put as much capacity as they can on something that nets them more profit versus right. the standard products. So right now in in markets that we never really thought about we're selling some pretty high tech specialty items that are very, very expensive, and they're they're extremely profitable and extremely available because the mills want to sell them. You know, to your point, you can't just sit around. It's bad for your, ego. it's bad not just for your ego, but for your psyche it's bad. And ultimately it's bad for your pocketbook and for your, your company's bottom line. So, you know, we're challenged all the time. The other thing is you have to stay with your finger on the pulse of the market because traditionally when you've had shortages, again, this is a wholesale shortage, you have to be able to perceive the cracks and be very quick because if you can catch, catch the, the the dip when it starts to happen, um, you could be the first back into the market. There's a currency for that. There's a cachet to that. Um, so that's kind of what I've been spending my time is trying to read the tea leaves, which means you know I spend a lot of time reading a lot of financial uh, analysis. I'm very fortunate to have friends that are analysts in the forest products spaces, and they furnish me with a lot of reports. Um, you know, it's extremely helpful, but it's still, it's cold comfort when you're still trying to sell and you can't.
0: Yeah. And, you know, honestly, in kind of on the converting side, that's sort of facing the brands, I have a lot of conversations to your point where it's like, hey, this material, this substrate is available. It has a 70% premium over your standard. However, have you calculated the your revenue loss if you can't get boxes and keep them on the shelf right time is money that's a good point it's like yeah yeah, for every every day that your product is not on a shelf what does that mean for revenue and they very quickly will will do the math together and they'll very quickly realize i can't i need to buy this it's we're not it's not even like anyone's out there just making you know, just printing money necessarily, at least not on our end. It's not, you know, there, there is a premium that's paid and there are, there are margins that are made, but it's not like we're marking it up 200% over the regular, right. right? It's, it's, it's standard market price and relative to the, to the substrate, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's about getting creative. It's about not only, not just saying. No, you know, especially to those buyers who've just been jerks to salespeople forever. It feels so, it it could feel so nice to just be like, how does this sound? My answer is no, I'm not going to sell you anything. But instead, you can't you can't just tarnish your reputation. You got to work in. You got to dig in with them because,
1: yeah, that's no, that's
0: a cycle of sadness.
1: There's there's no question. And of course, what will happen as well in these environments is you'll 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 get something discretionary and unfortunately, you'll sell it to the wrong person. And when the, the market goes back to its normal ways, they forget your name and number. It always happens. It's human yeah. nature. You can't and to your point. Not how we play the game, we play the game straight up and 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 with integrity and and with honor and 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 you know, look, part of the reason that we do what we do is we want to be helpful, we want to be consultative, we want to get our customers to a place that makes them happy, makes them money, brings them back right This is an annuity type business. It's not a single sell. I'm not selling you a a one time product, and I'm gone. If I do my job correctly, you and I dance into the sunset together for the rest of our careers, and that's the idea, yeah. Well,
0: Joe, I've got a couple of questions here before we wrap up. It has been sure. a great conversation. So, uh, I want you to kind of speak to you are you are certainly well qualified to speak to this. So I, I run across this from time to time. I used to work for a packaging distribution company and I would get this question all the time, well, why shouldn't I just go buy from the manufacturer, right? Uh, and so so the process of where where you have lived is there are mills mills will make paper a company like yours will bring them in and and either either convert them or warehouse them or whatever and then you sell them to potentially somebody like us who then prints on them or whatever so why what would be the reason why converters would not buy from mills and they would buy through distribution it obviously happens at a high rate but
1: it it does, and again, a really good question. I got to say, Adam, you, you 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 got you got some really good things here. Um, look, w- what do I do? I'm quintessentially a middleman, right? I don't make it, and I don't embellish it. I don't convert it. I don't print it. I don't do anything. So I really, you know, can be viewed from both sides as extraneous cost in the system, right? Because what does this guy do? Well, you're buying my nimbleness and knowledge, the relationships that I have with these manufacturers. And yes, some guys do have the ability. You need First of all, mills want to make volume and kick it out the door and never see it again. They want to kick it out the door. They want to get paid in 10 days and call it a day and keep doing that. Wash, rinse, repeat, right? So if you have critical mass, meaning you're large enough in scale to do so, you know, to salute, but you also have to be able to pay these guys. So one of the things that we wind up doing is we take a lot of the the credit risks that Mills are and erstwhile comfortable in taking. We'll extend payment terms to people that are looking for a little bit of time to pay back as long as you're credit worthy. I mean, we're also very risk averse as well, but we do fulfill manifold purposes because we also don't just represent one manufacturer or, or just their grade line. We represent many manufacturers with redundancy of grade lines where we have competitive opportunities to pit one against the other or to look at various attributes, not only just price, but which, which one fits your requirement better. So sometimes, you know, you can, you can go direct with a mill, but then you're kind of married to that mill. So what we offer is is, is choice an opportunity to finance a little bit better and um and develop the type of relationships that are enduring because you know what and this is something that you know twenty five thirty years ago I wouldn't have said but Mills can go out of business, too, and they do oh, very often, you know, so you might be dealing with somebody for 20 years and then all of a sudden they're out of business or the product you've been buying and they've been thanking you for 20 years. All of a sudden doesn't fit their profile anymore and it, and they discontinue it. Now, what do you do? So right. we do we do serve a value. I, you know, the discerning customer understands what we can do for you. Um, and, and those that are unfamiliar, if you, if you get the opportunity to get in front of you can, you need to be able to articulate your value proposition especially when you're quintessentially in the middle as we are so you have to be nimble you have to have knowledge you, your value proposition is 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 sometimes between your ears and in your pocketbook more than it is the product that you're selling
0: yeah yeah no doubt that's that's well stated uh so uh so final two questions we started on uh books uh, paper based books and mm-hmm. let's let's end on this as well if you had what what are some book recommendations that you may have for like what what's a book that you just you couldn't put down recently that you think man I wish everybody I wish everyone would read you know this particular book
1: Oh I welcome this opportunity. Um, normally I read two or three two two, two or three books at the same time. I leave one in the family room. I, right now I'm reading the Bible cover to cover again upstairs when I go to sleep, but I just finished a book by my my all-time favorite author is a guy named Tom Robbins, uh, who is from Seattle. Uh, he originally grew up down south, but he, li- he lived in Seattle forever. He's written, I think, eight or nine novels in his career. Uh, they're all funny. The one I just finished reading for the second or third time is called Skinny Legs and All. I recommend anything by Tom Robbins highly to anybody who wants to see a perfectly crafted, sentence or two and very, very funny um, stories well told uh, with some very good moral values behind them and some good fun being poked at all of us.
0: That's great. That's great. I love it. So, So Tom Robbins, skinny legs and all. I'll make sure to drop that one into the uh, into the show notes. That's that's yeah. great. Well, how do people get in touch with you, Joe? What's the best way for folks to reach out if they certainly people who have questions about paper and availability yep. and things like that? But what what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Uh, there, there's a couple. I mean, I am on LinkedIn. So you can look me up, Joe Cali, C-A-L-I. You could also email me at the office. I have to look at what my email address is because I never really know anymore. It is J Cali, J-C-A-L-I at Oval, O-V-O-L dot U-S.
0: All right. J Cali at Oval dot U-S. Also look up Joe Cali on LinkedIn. So Joe, thank you so much for coming on and just being uh, articulate and and for sharing some of your wisdom here. I hope the listeners really, really enjoyed it. It's certainly a critical time for the paper industry right now. And I'm glad to know that there are, there are people who are fighting and battling for the industry, not just the industry, but also for those of us who rely on the industry, which is everybody everybody is reliant on the paper industry whether you know it or not Uh, you've got a if you have ever ordered anything online you use paper (laughs) if you know i mean every day
1: is christmas at every house in america these days and you know it's it's the truth and and adam i thank you so much for thinking of me for this uh it was a rip i'm happy to do it again at any time but an absolute pleasure and uh look forward to seeing you in the flesh again sometime soon my friend
0: yeah yeah no doubt i appreciate it so everyone make sure you connect up with joe reach out to him for questions and we we will be back with another episode uh next week or a few episodes i've been trying to release one or two a week so uh everyone make sure that you connect up with me uh, at packaging pastor on tiktok i'm also on linkedin just look for adam peak p-e-e-k joe i really appreciate it thanks again for coming on
1: thank you adam take care now
0: Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging Podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.